Thank you. Good morning. Are we well? Enjoy, enjoying the British summer? It's been my, uh, I've had a week off work this week, and so when I'm on holiday, I wear shorts. So regardless of the weather, I'm on holiday, so shorts must be worn. Um, exactly. Um, so like Brian said, if you don't know me, my name's Paul. I'm, you know, I have the privilege of serving as one of the elders here at All Nations, but I spend the majority of my Sundays over at our south site, so it's really brilliant for me to get to, the opportunity to kind of come up to north uh, and see all your wonderful faces uh, and catch up with people and get to share God's word. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, we're going to be continuing our summer series, uh, looking at the seven letters uh, to the churches, uh, looking at, today looking at the fourth church in the chain, uh, in Thyatira, uh, in Revelation 2, uh, starting from verse 18, if you want to find it there. Um, Joe, I love, I love the, des- the description. I don't want to do this water bottle. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I love the description of these letters. Uh, I love it says, you know, letters to his bride. You know, these aren't, these aren't letters to the churches from a friend or a stranger. You know, these are letters from Jesus, right? Our Jesus, the Jesus. <laughs> and he loves his church like a husband loves his bride, except you know, a million times more. You know, Alina, my wife and I, we recently celebrated our 10th wedding anniversary. Um, <laughs> Did uh, there was, a picture might come up where we look? She looks amazing. I look okay for my wedding day. Um, she's not in, so if, if she comes back in, if you can tell her I said that for the brownie points, it'd be amazing. Um, but you know, I, I know after ten years of marriage, right? I know how much I how much I love my wife, um, and yet if you think you know, Jesus loves His bride, the church, you know, way more than that. Um, and so that's the context we're kind of we're kind of in today, where. These are letters from a loving Jesus to his bride, the church. Uh, and so that's where we start. You know, I guess even as we kind of get going this morning, I, I want to tell you, I, I think God wants to speak to you this morning. Uh, you know, I, don't want to, I don't just mean like the big us, like the generic us. You know, I think God wants to speak to you, like you individually, to me personally. We have an individual God who wrote individual letters to these churches, and he wants to speak to us today. And you know, as I read the passage and I prayed, um, what really struck me was that as we look to pursue more of what the Holy Spirit is releasing amongst us, that it's so important that we hear what God is saying. Uh, and secondly, that it's so important that we respond in the best possible way. Uh, and so this morning, that's kind of what I want to look at. We want to focus less on the particular issues that are kind of drawn out in this particular church, but I want to talk, look at how God speaks to us and I want to look at a couple of different responses we see in this church uh, and use that to suggest some ways that we probably shouldn't respond when God speaks and then look to talk about how should we respond when God speaks to us. And so I guess the, the simple questions to keep in mind uh, as we go through this morning uh, are these. Uh, is God speaking to you? Are you hearing his voice? Uh, if and when he does, how are you responding? Uh, and in particular... How are you responding when he calls out sin in your life? Sound good? Yeah. Great, thank you. Let's, uh, let's pray um, and we'll get into it. Uh, God, thank you that you are amazing and awesome uh, and spectacular and ridiculously huge and so much bigger than my words. Uh, thank you you've been speaking to us already uh, through our worship, Lord. Uh, thank you as we come and glorify you, we get to hear from you, Lord. I, I pray as, as I come and bring these words from your, from your Bible, Lord, would you... Uh, would you speak to us, Lord? Would you tangibly be amongst us, Lord? Would you send your spirit uh, and speak to us individually 
kind of where we need to hear you in our lives, Lord. Lord, I pray be powerful and move amongst us. Amen. Amen. Before we start, any chance of a cute picture of me at my wedding day? No, that's all right. I blame, it's no drama at all. But if it does come up, just pop it up and, you know, we'll all say, ah. Oh. If you can imagine a slimmer me and a really beautiful wife, you, you'll get, that's kind, of, that's kind of what would be there. Um, so, let's, uh, let's read the passage in Revelation verses, uh, chapter 2, verse 18 to 23. Uh, it says, And to the angel of the church of Thyatira, uh, the these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to the idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto her sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works." And we'll stop there. Uh, a lot going on there, right? Uh, not going to lie, with the kids in last Sunday, it was particularly tricky, kind of reading through it, trying to keep it uh, PG-rated uh, for them. But do you know what I love is, I love the realness of it. Uh, you know, I love that the churches in Revelation aren't these perfect churches, like you know, we were talking about a moment. You know, there's good and there's bad, like a normal church, right? Like our church. Uh, and more personally, uh, it's like me and you. You know, there are some areas where you're absolutely nailing it, uh, and there's others where you just keep on messing up. You know, it, it's a real church full of real people that Jesus is speaking to. Uh, and before we dive too much into that, you know, I don't want to miss an important point that you can just so easily skip over. And that's that God, you know, God speaks, right? We, we see in this letter and the letters to the other churches that God speaks, and not in some generic way, but in specific personal ways that are deeply individual to each church. Yeah, the same way that God speaks to his church, it's the same way he wants to speak to us you know, in our real lives. You know, God, God didn't stop speaking. You know, like he spoke to the churches in Revelation, he speaks into our lives today. And I, I don't, when I talk about God speaking, I don't just mean like in some you know, nice twee Sunday morning, you know, God bless you way. I mean like in our, in our real lives, speaking into the most desperate situations, speaking into the, the core of where we are. You know, he speaks to the real you. Uh, I just love that. You know, I, I love over this last period as we've been pursuing God more and more, we, we've seen an increase in the prophetic. You know, one of the privileges I get as an, as an elder is like, we get these transcripts of all the, all the kind of things that are shared on a Sunday. We get all the prophetic confirmation. It's just amazing to see how much God is speaking to people in our church. I encourage more of it, man. It's just amazing to hear what he's saying. You know, youth, you know, those of you who are at New Day, you know, I, I know a bunch of you heard from God, right? I, so I, you must know what I'm talking about, kind of fresh from New Day. But, you know, same for you guys. God, God doesn't just speak at New Day, right? God, God can speak to you here at this church. Yeah, he can speak to you today. He can speak to you anywhere, you know, in your bedroom, in your school, man. He's the God of the awesome. He can speak to you anywhere. Uh, and that's the same whether you're a teenager back from New Day or that's the same if you're a grown-up. 
Yeah, for me personally, you know, I, I know God speaks. You know, throughout my life, I, I've heard and speaks to me in, in the big and in the small. Uh, most recently, I remember uh, a few, maybe a month ago, I woke up in the middle of the night, um, and it was really weird because it wasn't a child waking me up, which just, I, I couldn't comprehend. Why am I awake? Um, and I thought, is it God? Am I awake because of God? And so I thought, oh, I'll pray. Uh, so I, I mean, obviously, I immediately fell asleep because <laughs> the holy, the holy man I am. Um, but you know, I, in, in that in that moment, I had the most vivid dream. I, I don't normally remember dreams, but like, I could remember what I was doing. I could remember the music, um, and it was just so such a clear message that God kind of gave me through there. And so it just it gives me confidence. You know, God speaks for us today in things like dreams, but also things in the small. I like even worship this morning. Some of what was sung really struck me. You know. I, our God speaks. Uh, and I guess, I guess we can all nod our head and agree of that in theory, right? But for, for how many of us is that a regular experience you know, for God to speak into your lives? Now, for me, I want more of that. I want to hear more of God's voice in my life. Uh, and if that's the same for you, you want to hear more of God. You know, that's one of the things we're going to pray for at the end. Because I, I just want long for us to be a church family who are hearing God's voice. So that's the first thing. It's one of them. That's the first thing I want you to take away. Yeah, God wants to speak to you. So if God speaks, I guess the second question is, well, what's he, what's he saying? Yeah, in this passage, we see that, that Jesus searches the church and he, he identifies the key things to tell them for, you know, for their benefit. It says in verse 28, it says, I am he who searches minds and hearts. Yeah, I love the word searches, yeah, as if God is kind of hunting around looking for what to say, as if God doesn't have like laser vision, like he knows exactly what it is it's in our hearts, right? You know, no matter how, how good you are at hiding stuff from other people, no matter how good you are from hiding stuff from yourself, like God sees it, right? He's not searching. God, God knows exactly what's going on with us. He, know, he knew exactly what was going on with the church of Thyatira. Uh, and that's why you know, we see here, we see God saying what's good and, and what's bad. You know, the letter starts off by saying, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance and that your latter works exceed the first. You know, Jesus knows what they're doing. You know, they're showing love and faith. faith and on the, sound, on, the, on the face of it, it sounds like they're doing a good job, right? You know, if you're at a church and God says, man, you know, what you do now is even better than, than your previous works. It, it kind of sounds like you're doing good. Uh, and yet when, you, you know, when God looks deeper, he doesn't stop there. You, know, you could imagine going there and thinking, that sounds like a pretty amazing church. Uh, and yet despite that good stuff, you know, God still speaks. Uh, and alongside that good stuff, you know, Jesus calls out other stuff going on in the church. And he calls out the toleration of issues in its congregation. And because it's the, this is the good and the bad stuff, that it's God that's highlighting. You know it's the important stuff, right? You know this isn't some superficial stuff. Um, this, this is God driving right to the heart of the church because Jesus loves his church. You know, one of, um, one of the things that happens for me when I get challenged, you know, whether it's God uh, or my wife, as I said, my wife, it's a good chance to look at, look at the picture. There we go. Isn't that lovely? Great. Okay, we've got that out of the way. <laughs> it took me ages to find that picture. <laughs> I wanted to find it. 
that when challenged, whether by Jesus, whether by a PowerPoint, whether by, uh, whether by anyone at work, you know, my, my just instinctive reaction when faced with criticism is just to strongly defend myself, to come straight out of the gate and, and push back on what's going on. Um, and then have a little think about it and then apologise a little bit later. Um, you know, how, how do you react to criticism? You know, do you, you, know, you like me? Do you, do you fight? You know, do you run away? Do you, do you cry? Do you just eat chocolate? You know, what, what do you do? You know, how you respond is important, but you know, I think how you respond actually, you know, it depends on who's talking to you, right? Like, it just is. Uh, and what we see at the beginning of this letter uh, right in verse 18, it's a reminder of who it is who's speaking to us. You know, it's the Son of God. You know, it's, it's not a stranger. It, it's not a dispassionate judge. You know, it's Jesus who speaks to us. You know, the Jesus who so loved the world. The Jesus who so loves you. The you who keeps on tripping up and keeps on stumbling. He loves you. You know, the you who ignores him when he speaks to you. He loves you. Do you get it? Like, Jesus loves you. That's the one who speaks to you. Like, really, really loves you. He, he wants a relationship with you. And, you know, part of that relationship is he, he tells you when you're doing good, uh, but he lovingly tells you when you mess up. He lovingly tells you where there's sin in your life. But because it's Jesus, right, he doesn't, he doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, man, you know, you're, you're really messing up. You know, he... When you stumble, he catches you, he, he forgives you, he gets you going again, he loves you all the same throughout. You know, we, talk, we heard about the prodigal son a bit before, right? No, no matter how much we mess up, God stands there, arms open, ready for us to come back. Yeah, knowing it's Jesus who speaks into my life, you know, just with all those attributes, mass, massively makes a difference to me. It changes my reaction. It makes me more open to accepting that you know, maybe sometimes I'm not right. And that I do need to respond to what he's saying. So if God, you know, if Jesus, our loving Jesus, it's him who's searching us. It's him who speaks to us out of love. It's him who has deliberately made himself known to you. I mean, just ponder that. The God of the whole universe deliberately standing in your way, making himself known to you, to speak to you. Like how, just conceptually, it's so... Uh, I can't quite wrap my, wrap my mind around it, but that's what's happening. The God of the universe is deliberately making himself known to you. And so the big question for me is how, how, we, how do we respond? You know, if any, any relationship, how you respond is important, right? And this is our relationship with God, so it's you know, super important how we respond. As, you know, it's worth noting, I'm not standing here because I'm awesome at this. You know, I, I have a track record. I have, I have asked God to speak. I have heard him, I have listened, I've thought about it, and I've said, no thanks. <laughs> so, you know, but conversely, you know, I have listened, and I've done what you said, and I've seen the good fruit of it. In the past, I, I, I remember when uh, I had a period of running a lot, uh, and I just felt God say very simply, just every single you run past, every single person that you run past, just say hello. Really simple. But, you know, as a British man, incredibly awkward. Right, just saying hello to someone just goes against every social convention I have. <laughs> but, and, but once I got over that, actually, just that simple thing of saying hello to people, the number of people I got to know. Like, one woman stopped me and said, I've got to ask, are you a Christian? Because there's something different about you just because you're saying hello to me. And that just, just struck me. What a simple thing. How... how how do, we, how do we show the love of Jesus to people in our town? We say hello to them. 
And somehow God's Holy Spirit shows them that we're a Christian. Amazing. Just because you, do, yeah, you respond well to God. Now that's one very little story amongst many bad stories of me not listening to God. But it's good to know yeah, when we listen, God can move. You know, because God is a loving Father, though, he, he calls things out in our lives that are wrong, right? You know, why? Yeah, because he wants the best for us, and he wants what brings glory to his name. You know, the same way I lovingly tell the kids what they're doing might not be best sometimes. You know, don't eat that. Why? It's a slug. Don't eat that. Why? It's in the bin. Don't eat that. It, you, you know, it's a common, common refrain in our house. With the youngest one. <laughs> <laughs> You know, in this, in this letter, though, we see, we see two responses to God highlighting sin in our lives that I, you know, I want to suggest represent ways we should not respond when God, meet, when God talks. One is toleration. Uh, two is a refusal to repent. That's the first toleration. It says in verse 20, but I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. You know, the church were clearly aware of this woman and the impact she was having, uh, and yet they tolerated her. They, they let her go about her business without interfering with her. Uh, and in the same way, what are you aware of in your life that you tolerate? You know, what is there that you just accept? It's just, it's just always going to be there. You know, I, I have a habit, not today, but I have a habit of wearing odd shoes. Um, not like radically like a black, white, black one and a white one, but just, you know, just odd shoes. Um, yeah, they're similar, but they're different. And I, you know, I tolerate it. I just let it slide because you know, it's, just, it's just not that big a deal. My wife will tell you it's a massive deal. <laughs> but you know, let me challenge you. What, what is there in your life that you know, you, know, you know God has told you is wrong? You know God has said you shouldn't be doing that. But you just say, ah, it's not that big a deal. I just tolerate it. But you know, the church, the church yeah, must have thought that tolerating Jezebel was, was no big deal. But, you know, it was a big enough deal that Jesus you know, told the church. It's the one thing he called them out on and all the things they were doing. You know, it's a big enough deal that Jesus spoke to them about it. And in the same way, what is there in your life that's a big enough deal that Jesus is speaking to you about it in your life? Because, you know, you know sin's, sin is a big deal, right? It's a big enough deal that, that Jesus died for it. But you know, at the same time, it's a big enough deal that Jesus forgave us of it. And so you know, I believe that you know, no matter what it is that we tolerate in our lives, God can deal with it. You know, he can deal with it today. Like Ian said, you know, it's, you know, it could be a Sunday morning thing or it could be a 10-year thing. But I've got faith that you know, God can break things for us today. You know, I just feel it's, it's super important, actually, this word toleration. You know, quite often uh, on a Sunday morning, we end up getting drawn to, uh, to talking about you know, people who are in the worst of places, um, and how, you know, how God can save anyone, and that is all very true. But you know, I'm always aware there's this whole, um, this whole band of people in the middle who you know, are just, just getting by. You know, life's not terrible. Actually, life's good. Um, because life's good, you, kind of, you don't always feel like you need God as much, do you? Because you kind of, you know, life's just going on. And I think in that place, you can end up tolerating sin. You know, life's good. Life's okay. So I don't need to worry about, you know, I don't need to worry about this or that. But, you know, I really sense, you know, this is for you. If, that's you. if that describes you, you know, life is good, it's okay. But, you know, God wants to speak into your okay life, right? You know, he doesn't want you to be lukewarm. He, he doesn't want you to tolerate sin. He doesn't want you to live on, like, you know, breadcrumbs of a relationship with him. You know, I just sense this God, you know, Jesus just says, come. You know, come on adventure with me. Don't, don't settle for an okay life, you know, tolerating sin. 
You know, go, go deeper into relationship with him. Yeah, de- deal with what he highlights. Deal, deal with it and go deeper into relationship with him. And so that's the, that's the first thing I kind of saw and thought, you know, don't, if God speaks to us, let's not be a people who tolerate sin in our life. The second thing we see, the second response is then from Jezebel herself. It says in verse 21, you know, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent. You know, God gave her time to, to recognize that what she was doing was wrong, right? To turn her back on it, to seek forgiveness, to repent. Yeah, but she refused. She said no. You know, with, with toleration, it can kind of feel like this subconscious, you know, just forgetting about it, getting used to sin. But he refuses to repent. It's more active, right? It's, it's like God has absolutely nailed you, you know, explicitly called you out on something you're doing is wrong. And you just say, yeah, I, I know, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, I, just, I really felt actually for some of us here this morning that there's some truth to that. You know, God has, you know, has talked to you specifically about stuff in your life. And you've said, yeah, I know, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm not going your way, I'm going my way. You know, that, that sense of, you know, you know, I know best. You know, I'm, I'm Paul Dowling. Don't you know who I am? I, I am a smart-ish guy. You know, I know, what, I, I know what's best for me. You know, what, what insight could the awesome God of the universe possibly have? You know, I know best. It sounds so silly when you say it out loud, right? But I guarantee every one of us at times has said, no, thank you. I know best. I've got this, God. You know, I, as I was writing this, I, I remember a... A while ago, someone gave me a word from God saying, look, I really think God's telling you to do this. And you can either go the short way, and it'll be easy, but it's right now. Or you can go the long way. But either way, God's, you're going to do this. I just remember thinking at the time, just, no thanks. And even now, I'm on the long way, looking back, thinking, man, I kind of wish back then I'd had a bit more faith in God. Kind of wish I'd, kind of wish I'd gone the short way. You know, over, over the last couple of weeks, you know, I've had, as I've been kind of preparing this, you know, I've had time to pray about my life, to, to ask God to search me, to, to ultimately really do the stuff that I'm kind of hoping you're all going to do over the next week. Uh, it's been interesting, actually, to consider my own response. You know, actually, I've seen evidence, in, even in my own life this last week, to see how easy it is just to get on with life and just tolerate stuff. You know, amazing how when you ask God to move, how suddenly life gets really busy. You know, even in a week off work, there's so many distractions. I haven't got time to do what God's saying. But, you know, let me encourage you. Don't, let's not be a people who tolerate sin. You know, let's not be a people who reject God. I mean, that's the sound advice. Let's not be a people who reject God. You know, so because, because, I guess because of this, you know, it's really important that we think, well, how, how should we respond? You know, I don't want to be a church family who experience something of God and then just get on with life yeah, and don't deal with what God highlights. You know, so how, how should we respond? And I think it's important to say it's not, it's how should we respond, not should we respond. Because let's be honest, right, we, we all, you know, none of us is perfect. We all have stuff in our life. Uh, and it's a question of how we deal with it. How do we respond when God speaks to us about it? Um, and in some ways, it's really quite simple. Uh, and yet, it can feel really hard. Uh, I have a firm belief that sometimes we just overcomplicate our relationship with Jesus. So you know, what do we do? We, you know, we, we look to Jesus. We're, we run to Jesus. We, we ask him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. We ask him to be central and massive in our lives. Um, and then we just repeat that over and over and over again. Every time we mess up, 
Every time we screw up, we run to Jesus. We ask him to fill with his Holy Spirit. We ask him to forgive us. And then we do it again and again and again and again. And Jesus is a loving father, right? He, he, he doesn't highlight sin in, in our lives and then disappear. Yeah. He helps us. He carries us. When, you know, when we fall, he picks us up. Uh, in the darkest of places, in the most mediocre of places, he's right there with us. Now, you know, it's, it's not, you know, one thing we have not said in there, it's not that we, we don't hear from God and then we just try really, really hard to be better. You know, we don't try and clean ourselves up and then go to Jesus. You know, whatever state we're in, we go to Jesus. You know, Jesus, Jesus loves us. Jesus loves you. you know, despite the mess-ups, big and small, uh, despite ignoring him, despite choosing to go other ways, he, he loves you and he stands arms open wide, you know, eager to wrap his arms around you. you know, it's the same with the kids, right? You know, over the years, my kids have made all kinds of mess. Uh, you know, they've, made, they've made glitter mess. Uh, the number of times I've gone to work with glitter on me, uh, They've made paint mess. They've made poo mess. There's all kinds of messes they've made. Um, but, you know, despite whatever mess they've got on them, when they run to me, you know, I don't kind of say, no, you're right. You can just stay back there. Right? I, as an okay dad, I, I bore them in. I, I give them a hug. And the same way with Jesus, right? Yeah, when we run to him, he, he, always, he always comes to us. And last week when the kids were in, with almost like perfect timing, this is the point that Simeon, who's 18 months old, kind of ran to the front. Just like per- perfect timing. Not, not today, though. <laughs> but, you know, in the same way, when we have, when we have sin in our lives, you know, we, we shouldn't tolerate it. We shouldn't accept it. We should run to Jesus and repent and ask him to forgive us and clean us up and fill us with his Holy Spirit, right? I think for every one of us, there's some truth there. So I guess as we, as we finish up this morning, you know, let me encourage you again. God is, God is not some distant God. Now, he, he's not the God of the past. Now, he's, the, he's not the God of particular places. He's the living God of today who loves us and speaks to us. Like, really, really loves us. Like, not just in a, a nice Sunday morning way, but in an everyday way, he wants to speak to our, into our lives. Yeah, he loves us so much, you know, like a good father. He, he points things out in our lives that are wrong. And so, you know, I said at the beginning, those, those kind of simple questions, you know, is, is God speaking to you? Yeah, and if, if and when he does, how are you responding to sin in your life? I mean, they're the two questions I'd love for you to take away and think about over this coming week. Um, band, if you could come up while I keep on talking. Um, God, God loves his church family, right? He, you know, like, sorry, he, God loves this church family like he loved the church family in Thyatira. Uh, I believe he wants to speak to our church family just like them. So church, what's, what's our response going to be this morning? You know, I, I long for us to be a family who hear from God and act on his words. You know, as people have acted on God's words, you know, whole families, whole towns, whole countries have been changed by people doing that. In a sec, we're going to pray and the band are going to, going to play a song. And I'd love to pray for, for two groups of people. Um, firstly, if you're here this morning and you, know, you, you want God to speak to you, if, I don't know, maybe things have gone a bit quiet or it's just, you just think, I've never felt God speak to me. I'd love to invite you to come to the front and I'd love to pray for you and others hopefully to pray for you. 
Uh, specifically, you, if you were at, if you're at New Day, uh, and you, you, know, you, you heard God speak to you at New Day, and you want God to keep on speaking post New Day, I'd love to pray for you. Uh, and secondly, uh, if you know God has spoken to you in the past, and you know you've either tolerated sin or just plain rejected what God said, we've got a moment actually to, to come forward and just take a moment to actively repent. You know, I don't worry, I'm not going to give you a mic and ask you to say what it is. I'm, you know, just, it's a moment just to come forward and quietly just say, God, you know, I'm going to take a moment just to repent. I want, I, want, I want to go deeper with you. I want to hear what you're saying. And then I just want to pray for all of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to hear more of God. And I say, I think at times we can make this whole thing a bit complicated, but like, um, I don't think we need to. Why don't, why don't we stand? Um, and like I say, like, keep, let's keep it simple. Let's, in a minute, I'm going to pray. But for each one of you, why don't you uh, ask God to speak to you? Uh, and when he does, listen. And then just do what he says and repent where you don't. And I'm just honestly, I'm just utterly convinced that if we were church people who hear from God and then do what he says, that our families will be changed, our town will be changed, God will be glorified, and it will be awesome. Um, yeah. Let me pray, and then we'll do that. Uh, God, thank you. Thank you you're... You're not some distant God. Thank you you're not a quiet God. Thank you you're a God who wants to speak to us today. God, you know, I pray even now, Lord, would you, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Uh, would you speak to us uh, in the biggest of ways and the smallest of ways, Lord? Um, God, I pray where, where there's stuff in our hearts, that's, where there's stuff in our lives that's a bit of a mess. Uh, that's just that we know is wrong, Lord, where we're tolerating sin, where we've actively rejected it, Lord. I, you know, I, I repent of that, Lord, and I pray you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit uh, and help us to repent. Um, God, I just pray, just be big and massive and loud in our lives, be central in our lives, uh, and just speak to us, Lord. We pray. Amen. So if... The band are going to start playing in a second. As they start playing, you know, if you want God to speak to you, whether he's gone quiet or for the first time, or you just want him to speak to you, why don't you come forward and we'd love to pray for you. And if you know you need to repent of stuff, how you've responded in the past, love to pray for you as well, so come forward for that. And if you don't come forward, then sing your heart out and ask God to speak to you and fill you with your Holy Spirit. Thanks.